Welcome to It's All About Who You Know with host Craig Turner from Momento, the business growth agency. On our podcast, Craig interviews executives from chambers of commerce around the United States and Canada, tapping into their expertise on how to get the most value from your business associations, how their organizations are serving their members, and what's happening in their market for companies looking to grow there. Here's Craig Turner. Welcome to the It's All About Who You Know podcast brought to you by Momentum, the business growth agency. I'm Craig Turner, your host, and we've got another great episode for you. Now, while I'm heavily involved in a number of chambers of commerce up and down the East Coast today, my actual tenure with the chamber in Buffalo ran from 2006 through 2013. During that time, I had the opportunity to meet with so many awesome people who have gone on to do tremendous things in many different capacities. And it's always a special treat when an opportunity comes around again to work with, and I'm talking work with, not just check in and catch up, but work with colleagues who have risen through the ranks, had great successes, and made a name for themselves, and especially have the opportunity to see the great work they're doing in their communities. For this episode of It's All About Who You Know, I'm very pleased to welcome an old friend and colleague, Stacey Duncan, President and CEO for the Greater Binghamton Chamber of Commerce. Stacy and I spent many a year in the trenches of New York State politics and share many of the same battle scars. <laughs> now, I want to explain this a little bit, though. If you're not from New York, you might not think much about it, but there's a big disparity in population and influence between New York City and the rest of the state. And back when I was with the chamber, we banded together organizations from upstate New York, led by Buffalo, Binghamton, Rochester, Syracuse, to make a case for a different kind of thinking when it came to policymaking in the state capital in Albany. It was huge. It was impactful. And we actually were able to raise some big corporate dollars to put behind us. And we we were able to change the conversation in many regards. We influenced policies. In fact, we actually had policies that uh, we successfully advocated for that, that led to carve-outs for upstate on things like minimum wage which was a huge victory. Definitely the state's approach to economic development changed during that time. And those impacts are really still felt today. And I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to Stacy about how she's still working on these things. But it was in this arena where I had the opportunity to work with Stacy in Binghamton. And I'll tell you, if you want to forge a bond with someone, <laughs> there might be no better way than to go up against uh, Albany. Uh, so <laughs> when I saw that Stacy, who was my peer, was ultimately named president and CEO of the chamber. I, I was really thrilled for her and, and for the Binghamton community where I where I lived for a while when I was growing up. So I know the community very well. I'm very, very pleased to welcome her here today. So Stacey, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's so good to see you again. And yes, we were definitely uh, in the trenches together and and it was so great to work with you, with alongside you and, and the whole team at UU, which is now Upstate United. So I'm still in the trenches, but you know, I, I I love the work we do to get to articulate what what happens upstate. You know, it is it, there is a different environment. There's different energy, and what I love about upstate is it's such a passionate group of of community members up here. And and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll I'll stay in the trenches as long as I need to. Absolutely. Well, I said my intro intentionally the way I did, and I'm sure we'll get into some stories here, but. But like I said, if you're not from New York, you might not think about it because we still go. I mean, I'm from Buffalo, the opposite end of the state, and we still talk to people from around the country. And they're like, oh, do you go to Broadway often? Yeah. <laughs> I'm six and a half hours away, but no. Yeah. <laughs> so 
there's a big disparity there and I'm looking forward to talking to talking about that. Let me just I want to give an intro and then uh, and then we'll kind of dive into some some questions. Sounds great. So Stacy Duncan, CEO of the Leadership Alliance, a strategic partnership between the Greater Binghamton Chamber of Commerce and the Broome County Industrial Development Agency and Local Development Corporation. I'm going to talk a little bit about that model today too. In this role, Stacy serves as the shared CEO and directs operations of both entities for the purposes of implementing a shared vision for business and economic development in the Greater Binghamton area of New York's Southern Tier. Some recent projects that Stacy's worked on include the $120 million redevelopment of an underutilized shopping mall into a mixed-use health, wellness, and recreation facility, a $160 million redevelopment of UHS Hospital, the area's largest healthcare provider, and a number of historic and adaptive reuse housing projects with, with vacant factory buildings in the region's urban core. In addition, Stacy has facilitated the development of a comprehensive diversity, equity, and inclusion program, a women's development conference, and she'll soon be announcing the hiring of the area's first ever director of placemaking initiatives. We're going to talk about that too. Stacy serves on several boards, including the New York State Economic Development Council, the Conrad and Virginia Clee Foundation, SEPP Management Group, which provides housing for low to moderate senior citizens. Roberson Museum and Science Center, and the Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield Regional Advisory Board. In 2020, Stacy was named as a member of Governor Andrew Cuomo's New York Ford Reopening Advisory Board and serves on the Women's Leadership Advisory Board for the George Washington School of Business. Stacy is a National Development Council Certified Economic Development Finance Professional and recently completed certification from the University of Cambridge Circular Economy and Sustainable Strategies Program. Stacy's a graduate of St. Bonaventure University over in, in my part of the state. Yes, Western New York. Yes. Yep. So <laughs> thanks again, Stacy, for being here. I love these Excited. the chamber leader bios. When I when I look at them, I'm like, there's nothing I can I can leave out. I can't, there's so right. many things that touch so many different <laughs> oh, I gotta add this. Yeah. I yeah. have to bring them all. But you are super busy and I appreciate you spending I'm a little time with us. Fun. So yeah. let's start easy. Let's start with an intro to the Greater Binghamton Chamber. What's what's going? Yeah, Tell us about the chamber and what's going on. I'd love to talk about the chamber. So Binghamton, New York, for those that might not be familiar, if you think of the state of New York, we are we are at the easternmost portion of that 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 southern tier, that border with Pennsylvania, just before it sort of dips into the Hudson Valley. So we're we're just 14 miles from the Pennsylvania border, but we're in the heart of the southern tier region of of upstate, and uh, our chamber. We're an incredibly active and involved chamber. We have about 800 business members currently that range from, you know, companies like BAE Systems, uh, Universal Instruments, a major high-tech manufacturing, the Raymond Corporation, small, small energy businesses and entrepreneurs. So, uh, you know, like most chambers, the the heart of our our membership is our small businesses. About 80% of our members have somewhere I'd say 25 or less employees. So, you know, we're very focused on those issues uh, that impact our small businesses, our our employers. And, you know, that's where that partnership with Upstate United and advocacy work that we do is is so important. But, you know, we are, like I said, a very involved and engaged. We try to stay on top of what the macro conversations are happening in our community and and meet people where they are. So we're, we're really focused on, do we have programming that affects that continuum of who our who our membership is? It's always a tough balance. You've got the it's the 80-20. You've got the you've got your funders and you've got your small businesses, and they they both need to coexist with each other 
and give you the resources that you need to stay in business. So <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. It's very important. Yeah. And we have a tremendous, you know, our, our corporate support and is, is incredible. Our, our board membership is, is so diverse in its representation of the type of industries. We have nonprofits and arts organizations to that small business owner, to representatives from our major employers and our higher education. So that's important to us to, to have that feedback because without that, we're going to have blinders on certain parts of our economy and, and we want to make sure we're, we don't, you know, that we're, we know what's happening at all points. Absolutely. And now a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of It's All About Who You Know is brought to you by Tech Cards. Are you still using printed paper business cards? Is that how you're telling your story when you meet people? We're big believers that digital business cards are the future. In fact, I spent about two years looking at different options, but none of them seemed to fit for me. As listeners to the podcast know, I wear a bunch of different hats, and I could not find a service that did it all for me. Then, through the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, that's in Niagara Falls, Canada, I was introduced to Tech Cards and immediately knew I'd found the solution. Tech Cards is your mobile marketing platform. It's your digital identity, web presence, social media hub, and lead generator rolled into one personalized NFC-enabled microchip card. You're at an event and someone wants your information? All you do is tap your card to their phone and they have it all. But not just your contact information. No, and this is where Tech Cards really shines. When someone taps their phone to your card, they're directed to your personalized landing page where you give them everything they need to get to know you. For me, I have all my social media, my doodle link so people can book an appointment with me, even this podcast. No more forgetting your business cards in your suitcase when you're at a trade show or deciding if the people you meet at a networking event are worth giving one of your precious cards because you haven't reordered any. Now it's all in one card that you can use over and over and over again. And I'll tell you, I have not brought out my card yet at an event without causing severe wow factor buzz. Here's the kicker. We've partnered with Tech Cards to create a program especially for Chambers of Commerce. Not only can you bring this innovative, forward-thinking technology to your members, but we've included a viable revenue piece for Chambers who participate with us. If you give me a call, I'll even tell you how you can use Tech Cards to have your members market you. Check out MomentumCorporate.TechCards.us. That's MomentumCorporate.TechCards.us. And let's get your members networking like it's 2022. And now back to the podcast. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the region. I know I, I said before we started, I follow you on LinkedIn and I see all kinds of really, really great things happening. Tell us about some good things that are happening, but tell us about some challenges you're facing too. Yeah. So always I'll start, you know, I'll start with the good. I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit when I first hopped on about the impact of COVID, right? We're all still, I think, trying to understand that. And I think this was a very, uh, I thought last year would be the year we really saw like, okay, what are we, what are we going to look like coming out of this? But, but I found, I learned more in 2022 about, you know, where people are, where our community and our economy is. And, and I have to say, I think, this community right now in this region is re-engaged. If, if there was any silver linings, you know, always try to look for them. But if there were, I think it was the idea of, of connection. You know, our events, our, 
our events and our programming are, are, are really well attended from everything from, you know, your traditional, let's just get together and network to our diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives to our, you know, economic development focused events. People want to be part of the conversation and what's happening. So that's, that's been a tremendously positive outcome. Our region is, it sits in a really interesting spot right now. So what we're really focused on are is what's happening macro, you know, again, going back to how do we bring the macro down to the community level? We're very focused on what's happening with the emerging technologies and clean energy. And with what's happening, you know, we were thrilled to see the passage of the CHIPS Act and worked very closely with Senator Schumer's office to, to say, this is the opportunity this presents for our region. So Binghamton, where we sit, you know, we, we see what's happening out your way, you know, to the Western part with, with clean energy technologies. Um, we see what's happening Northeast of us, you know, as you hit the capital region and everything happening with, with uh, chip manufacturing and building that industry. And what's nice is geographically, you know, we're, we're sort of in a, a nice spot to, to bring that together. So from a, a perspective of how do we create new investment opportunity and, and capture some of that? We see that as a tremendous opportunity. You know, uh, Binghamton University is housed here. They are a finalist for a, a new energy New York. It's um, part of a, a nationwide, it's part of the sort of the, the outcome of the Build Back Better program, um, regional challenges. So you know, if we're successful, that will bring 75 million into the community to build clean energy technology companies here to bring them here to build a workforce focused around the direction our our you know our world is going so that's that's really exciting for us and so i think we're you know in a in a great position to stay afoot of the direction the the global economy is going um the challenges i think are are like what many are experiencing now, you know, as we talk about that wonderful, you know, investment potential, the next question is, do we have the talent? Do we have the workforce to field these opportunities? And, you know, that's where really our work with our larger employers, our larger companies comes, you know, becomes very important. What are their challenges with attracting and retaining talent? We know it's such a tight labor market. It is such a competitive market right now are we where we want to be with workforce so so that continues i think you know is is i think i don't think you ever necessarily solve the workforce problem i think you just evolve i think you figure out what do you what can you do in the short term to build that long term pipeline so you have a, a an interesting model you have tourism under your umbrella and you have some other roles let's call them roles under your umbrella. Can you talk a little bit about your your team, your staff, how it's made up and and what they're what what you're focused on right now? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm incredibly fortunate, you know, to to come here every day and work with just amazingly talented and and, and passionate. And that's what I love is passionate um people. So, you know, when we formed this leadership alliance, I as as you mentioned at the beginning, I serve as the shared CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, but also our economic development arm, our, our industrial development agency and local development corp. So with that brought really so much subject matter experts together to say, how do we, instead of sort of walking these parallel lines and sometimes tripping over each other on what we do, we're all working towards the same mission, right? To build opportunity, to build vibrancy in our community. So what I loved about that is now we're bringing all of these people together 
and they each have their, you know, a niche role in that. So it's like this perfect recipe. So within the chamber's umbrella, um, our tourism bureau, Visit Binghamton is part of that team. And they just do a phenomenal job of, of creating, you know, positive energy to the, you know, come and see what we have here. Come take a look. And, but also they articulate that economic impact. You know, I, I fully believe that that tour, those tourism dollars are as equally important to economic development as, as bringing a company, a manufacturer in to, to, you know, to, to set up a, a facility. So it's nice to work more closely with them on understanding that economic impact and bridging that world that was somewhat separated. We also have um, under the, the umbrella of a, a nonprofit 501c3 organization called the Greater Binghamton Education Outreach Program. And that role is to serve as a link between our K through 12, where we say K through 20 now, because we in, involve our, our community college and our higher ed, you know, so that K through 20-ish, you know, pipeline. So how do we bridge the business community, our members with our students? Those are our future, you know, that's our future workforce how do we make sure they're aware of, of what happens here? They're aware of, of opportunities because we want them all to ideally choose our community for their, their lives someday. And then, you know, coupled with what we do on the IDA side of incentives and, and, you know, marketing the community for investment, it's like bringing all of these pieces of the puzzle together. And it's really, it's really fun to, to work with everyone on this. It's a great model. And I, I see it in different communities around the around the country, and you you really have the opportunity opportunity to create that shared vision. I mean, you're never going to bring government into a model like that, but if you're able to, hey, we've got the private sector here. Here's here's what we need to see, and then give the government something to act with. I think that our government partners, I, I think that's the role they want us to serve, you know, and I think that's what's been great about this too, is, you know, we work really closely at all levels and, and I'd say, you know, we have great working relationships, but I think they, you know, it's that give and take, right? They they need to hear from us on those challenges, those opportunities. And when they hear that from one collective cohesive voice um, that we're trying to build with this leadership alliance, you know, it helps keep them focused on what they need to do. So it's, you know, I think it's that reciprocity of we're going to, we're going to give you this feedback because we don't want you to go into your work blindsided or so. So it's a nice give and take there as well. It it doesn't mean as we talk about, especially with some of our work in Albany, it doesn't mean we're not banging our heads a lot, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's a stronger voice that we've created, I think through that. So I do like that. And what's really internally, what's really interesting, and I hadn't thought about this that much until recently, we just did a culture building workshop uh, the other day with with the team. It's interesting about this group right now, we have, it's very binary, we have a core team that has been essentially in this line of work, straddling chamber work, economic development work, tourism, etc. for at minimum 15, if not 20 years or more. And then we have this really exciting young team that have just, you know, kind of come in into new roles. So it's really binary. You know, we have these, you know, who have been in their roles, maybe less than three years in some situation, but certainly less than five. So what I love is getting this like new set of eyes and energy 
into what we do and, and, you know, and balancing that with kind of the, the historic knowledge of, of those that have been doing this for a long time. So it makes for really fun kind of conversations on the direction we, we should be going. That's outstanding. Yeah. You can see how that, that would meld into a better conversation than, than status quo. And we've always done it this way. What, what, let me pick up on tourism. What, what's the tourism hook for the region? Yeah. So, you know, we, we certainly focus on location is a big part of our tourism. So literally within, you know, less than five hours of, of every major Metro you can get here. And this seems like a lot, but, but, you know, when people are making those decisions about where to spend time, um, we, we know that's a great thing for us as a gateway from into the Northeast. So we have an incredible community assets for a community of our size. Um, the population, you know, the county population is is just under 200. The city itself is is uh, 50, you know, 50, 55,000. So we're, you know, we're a small metro, certainly. But with that, you know, we have a, a professional minor league baseball team. We're a, a New York Mets affiliate. Um, we have professional hockey here. We just announced there's a, a facility called Animal Adventure that just opened a preserve. So a drive-through, it's like a drive-through safari atmosphere there. We have, a, you know, our historic zoo. You know, so we have those offerings. We also have on the art side, we have a Broadway and Binghamton Theater League. So you're seeing Broadway level show, you know, shows that are brought here to our community. We have a Philharmonic and an opera, you know, community of our size to, to offer all of those things. You don't see that very often. You know, we have the Roberson Museum and Science Center, so planetarium shows. It's kind of like, what's your interest? You know, what's your thing? Because we've got something for that. And, and that's really unique, again, you know, to a community at our of our size. So we, we're very proud of being able to sustain those kind of assets here. That's excellent. So let, let me transition to the future now. So I read your bio. You're very busy. Your team is very busy. There's lots going on today. Mm-hmm. How do you look forward? Obviously, in your role in your organization, you are involved in planning for the for the region, for the for the future. How do you, in your leadership role, look to 2030 or 20 years down the road and make sure that that what you're building today is going to have those results 10, 20, 30 years from now? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a great question. And and I think, you know, the most important thing is, you know, staying with our team is staying very engaged in community conversations. I think there's a, I think there's a desire from community members, businesses, you know, private sector, nonprofits, government, et cetera. I think they want to see, we feel that, you know, people want us to be more engaged in community development. And what are those conversations happening in the community? So th- so we're doing a few things that I'm, I'm super excited about. You know, when we formed the, the Leadership Alliance in late 19, 2019, essentially the beginning of 2020, we had pulled our, our, our boards, our governance together and said, okay, you know, we did this, now what? You, you know, there needs to, there's an expectation we set, right? So we said, hey, we're coming together after, you know, 30, 40 years of sort of working separately, we're together now. So what's our product and what are we going to produce as a result of this? So we spent a lot of time initially, you know, again, just before COVID hit. So then we focused on just being responsive. We are the right 
entity to facilitate a blueprint for the future. So we're looking at the development of a very community engaged um, and, and you know, broad participation blueprint strategy that we're getting ready to, to launch this fall. And, and as we were developing this, uh, you know, we had done some community engagement during COVID, uh, you know, what we could do virtually, we did some surveying, we did some focus groups, you know, we called them community labs. And we said, what are the things that are most important to you, whether it's business development, whether it's, you know, what's happening in your communities, uh, nonprofit, what you're experiencing. We landed on six key kind of buckets. So those were economic inclusion, you know, certainly reacting to, to, to events that ha have happened over the last several years, but, but over time. So economic inclusion, placemaking and talent attraction, business development, healthy communities, so health and wellness in, in all of its forms, you know, certainly mental, emotional health, vibrant neighborhoods and infrastructure. So an infrastructure at its, bro at its broadest sense. So not just things like roads, bridges, and buildings, but but broadband and child care and transportation availability for employment. So, you know, it's a very big bucket, of course, but what we plan to do is take those and then go out and, and work with community members and say, how what are those top priorities? Because the challenge is you want to be broad enough that you feel like you're encompassing everything, but that gets overwhelming too. So what things are a priority and what can we, what are those tangible actions we can attach to those? So I'm really excited. We're going to be launching this concept of a blueprint strategy and asking the community to help us build it um, versus us just saying, Hey, we, we think these th things are important. So therefore you must all, you know, you must all agree. It's, Hey, we think these areas are of most concern, help us figure out what, what we want to do in that space. So it's unlike anything I think collectively we've done, and it'll be a lot of trial and error at first till, till I think we get a flow going. But you know, one of the things we're taking a lead on in advance of that is I'm, I'm super excited and we're going to be announcing our first ever uh, new staff position for the chamber, but more broadly, the Leadership Alliance, the Director of Placemaking Initiatives. Right. So that's, I'm, I'm really excited to get that. And I think that bridges a lot of these topics, creating a vibrant place, promoting our assets that we have here, and just creating a stream of activity uh, that I think people are looking for. I think that sounds like an awesome job. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to see that job description when it comes out because that <laughs> sounds like a really cool way to spend your day. Absolutely. So let me transition now. We talked about the chamber and the region. Let's talk about talk about you a little bit. You know, in your role as as community leader, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What what what's the most exciting thing about your your day to day? Yeah, I think the challenge for me in taking this role was the transition. And you probably know this too, is the transition from being a, like, kind of like a produced, you know, I was the, the really good worker bee. You're the doer. Yeah. To, to, you know, to elevating to where you're, you know, you're not as engaged on a day to day. So I still love that idea of producing things. Right. So it's, so I think what excites me the most is fine, you know, saying like, you know, this is the topic, what can we create out of this? So found the creation, the opportunity to create something. It was really exciting to me and to see sort of the, 
you know, and to engage the community's reaction to what we create. I think I've found in 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 this role where I have to look at what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses as, as a leadership role, I'm, I keep going back to this idea that I think I'm more drawn to the creative side of me than I, than I think I thought. So, you know, what excites me is just working with the team and saying, Hey, how, what can we create to, to kind of address this thing? So I'm, it's kind of like, I, I guess I'm a little more of a tinkerer than I thought I was, but it's just constantly being in motion, I think is, is what I enjoy. Well, that's a fantastic segue to my next question, which is <laughs> a favorite question that we ask and chambers have Lots of creativity. You've got creativity on your board. You get creativity from your staff, the community, the governments you work with yourself. Lots of ideas. Yeah. But they can't all be done. No. <laughs> Mostly because of funding. There, right. there are some big picture ideas that end up on a piece, you know, stuck on a piece of paper because there just isn't the funny behind them. So that's the question we like to ask is if you had a blank check to do something, to accomplish something in the community. What would you spend that money on? Oh boy, great question. Tough question. I would top of mind springs to in linking all these different kind of stakeholders. I, I'm I'm really excited at the, you know, potentially redeveloping our riverfront here. We have a, a beautiful riverfront. It has, you know, plagued us in the past. We have architecture that turns its back literally away from, from that. I think that that would be something that I would love to spend time and, and resources on is how can we use our riverfront as, as that center of vibrancy of activity of, of draw, engage, bring people from all parts of the community together at our, at our riverfront. So, and we have a you know, young new mayor in the city of Binghamton who, who I think shares some of that vision. So that's really exciting to see that come in alignment. So I think that would be Probably one of my top projects would be just the reinvigoration and reimagination of of the riverfront. Another, the other side, kind of wearing my more traditional IDA hat is we're embarking on hopefully the creation of our next significant development park so that we can capitalize on, you know, this, uh, this economic activity that's happening nationwide, you know, bringing it here. So those would probably be, they're a little bit, they serve, I think, different audiences in a way, but it brings everybody here. And so I think those would be my two, my two top projects. That's great. I, I wonder if, because uh, we, especially in the Northeast, we run into this question a lot and, and with the, with the riverfronts. And and I, I wonder if, if you really had a blank check, if you don't build a time machine so we can all go back and stop them from doing what they did to their riverfronts in the, in know, the early 20th crazy. century. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there's a section of our riverfront and, and it has this gorgeous uh, walking trail, you know, but there's an, an old blighted building and Again, it's so great to to work with this with our our newest mayor, and and I think shares that vision. It, and to see, you know, and you and you you just scratch your head because you're like you're you're not facing this. Look at this view; it's phenomenal. And there is, I mean, to that, there's an exciting kind of river. Uh, there is a greenway trail that's going to connect our university to this downtown riverfront area. So it's about a seven mile trail. So you know, I think there's, I think the economic value of rivers and waterfronts. I think, you know, we're, 
we're getting there, you know, we're getting there. We're starting to realize what others have done so successfully in other parts of the country. Yeah. When you look at the, you look at the cities that don't have a riverfront that created artificial riverfronts because they are. So, so to have, to have one that as an asset that you can, that you can work on, that's a great vision for the future. You got a hot mic in front of you. Is there a member in your chamber that you'd like to plug a member or two or. Sure. Yeah. I would love to plug our newest member, which is Sweet Haze. I love that name. Um, They are our newest member. They are a new minority owned business. And, you know, we're, we're thrilled to start working with them and giving them a platform to talk about their business. And kind of similarly along that line, uh, there's two, two ladies I'd like to give a shout out to um, Ellie Rooney and Katie Perkins. They are these fierce women. They uh, they own a storefront. They co-located Katie and her husband, Scott, do a, do a gourmet ice cream. And Ellie does the most amazing baked goods. But, but what I love about what they've done is they've come together and brought, they've used their physical space as a hub of gathering for the community. They host, you know, they host, you know, study nights for college students. They do game nights. You know, they are creating community in their in their block. And I love what they're doing because they're so, like I said, fierce and passionate about about this community and about being here and about bringing everybody together. So, so Ellie and Katie, shout out to them too. So Binghamton is about halfway between here when I drive down to the city. For, for meetings and events and things. So I'll have to get the address of the baked goods. Yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe I'm just hungry right now, but oh, you, you start talking about baked goods. I, start about <laughs> I know, right? You see where my head's at today. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Part of getting to a position like yours, you know, I've seen, I've seen your career grow is, is staying inspired and always staying in the know, especially again, being the doer mm. and coming out of government affairs, you've got to, you got to kind of know everything that's going on, but at the same time, keep yourself inspired and forward thinking. What do you use to stay inspired? Books, blogs, podcasts? Yeah, I'd I'd say a little bit of all of those. So from a a podcast point of view, I'm, I'm really geeky and I love ones and twos, Adam twos. He's that foremost, like subject matter expert on everything. So I like them because one episode, you get 20 minutes on any topic imaginable. And it's just, it's, it's kind of wonky, but I, I love that kind of stuff. So that's the one I've been listening to a lot. Books over the summer, I've, I've been kind of an avid book. So a lot of fiction stuff I've been reading that I've enjoyed a lot of young new writers, but you know, a few kind of stand standouts to me. One is always a fallback is, is living beautifully during uncertainty, which is Pima children. So, you know, for me, that's my kind of touch point with myself, you know, with like that check-in I need to stay grounded or maybe to deal with some difficult moment. I had this really, I have this really unique opportunity. Uh, we're doing a, a grant initiative or we're a participant with multiple community members. It's called Crest. It's the Collaborative Recovery Empowerment of the Southern Tier. And the goal of Crest is to connect individuals who are in some stage of recovery to a meaningful work opportunities. And so through that, and this is what I love about this job, you just don't know who you get to encounter. I met um, Dr. Joel Bennett, um, who is based in um, Texas. And he 
does a lot of organizational wellness and workplace wellness. And he, you know, I've just finished uh, Heart Shaped Leadership with and Raw Coping Power. And these are books that he's authored. And it's just really cool to be working with him and, and reading what, what his amazing um, thoughts are. And then as you see, I'm, I'm, I'm a total geeky book, book person, but I also right now I'm reading Think Again by Adam Grant. So it's just sort of reframing, you know, your immediate reactions to things, just sort of reframing and taking a, a new approach to, you know, how you're, 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 how you kind of process things that occur to, you know, happen and the conversations you have in a day to day. And I think in our work, stuff comes at you so quickly that I think those are things that kind of, I try to do to, to stay grounded and, and not reactive, but more, you know, take things in, process them a little bit, and then give myself time to, to, you know, see what my approach would be. Those are, those are some ones I'm, I'm watching now. That's yeah. not an easy thing to do is, is, yeah. is take that extra focus on it. And I, I commend you for it, especially given everything you have going on. Stacy, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate it. And it's so great to see you. Yes. So great, so Congrats you. on all your success. This is it's I was, yeah. When I saw you come out with momentum and I've been tracking you, it's, I love it. And I love what you're doing for our industry and it's so important um, and it's so important because you bring the perspectives of our peers together, and that's really valuable. I, I do value that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it was an idea that I started a couple of years ago, and I hoped it worked. And I just I love the way it's going right now. So I very much appreciated you saying that. If someone's interested in the Binghamton area, the chamber, where's where's the best place for them to go? So always check out greaterbinghamtonchamber.com. If you want to just see what's happening out there in the community or just come for a visit, you know, visit Binghamton.org, you know, just two great uh, resources to connect you to, uh, to what's happening here. And Stacy does a great job on LinkedIn too. That's how I, I'm staying in the know on, on what's going on <laughs> in Binghamton. So, so Stacy, thank you again for joining us. Very much appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. Oh, uh, I love and, it. Have and sharing man. your insights with us. I wish you all kinds of success as you continue to fight the good fight that we started so yeah, long ago and, yeah. and keep working to create opportunities in uh, Binghamton. Thank you. To our listeners, I hope your strategy for this fall includes spending lots of time with your chambers of commerce, uh, whether you're in Binghamton or wherever you are, get to some events, spend some time, engage yourself, try and get some speaking roles, see what you can do to help your fellow members too. Your chambers are there to help you grow. So definitely use them. If you're interested in learning how we can help you create a stronger relationship with your Chamber of Commerce, check out our website at www.momentumforbusinessgrowth.com. I also encourage you to connect with me, Craig Turner, on LinkedIn, where I post weekly advice, information, guidance on how to make the most of your Chamber of Commerce investments. I actually have some of my own programs coming up that we're talking about on, on LinkedIn, too, so you can get a you can get a feel for those, too. Again, if you're doing business in Binghamton, Central New York, the Southern Tier, or you're interested in the market, please check out www.greaterbinghamtonchamber.com and connect with Stacy and her team. Stacy, again, thank you for being here with us. Thank you to our listeners. And we'll see you soon with another episode of the It's All About Who You Know podcast. Take care, everyone.